You're listening to the Family Discipleship Podcast, a podcast of training the church. The world is constantly telling them what's true. A teacher is telling them what's true. A book is telling them what's true. Taylor Swift is telling them what's true. Everybody is telling them what's true. So if I take the bench seat and say, I'll just let them decide for themselves, I will be the only one indifferent. It's super easy to have a bad marriage, right? Just do nothing. If you're indifferent Mm. towards it, eventually you'll have an awful marriage. If you put no intentionality, no thought, no care, you're just on a wide path. Where you find indifference in your own heart towards the things that God cares about, that should be something we repent of. And that should be the first step, is saying, God, I've not cared about what you care about, and I'm sorry for that. Forgive me. I want to change and go the other direction. This is Adam Griffin, and I'm here with my lovely co-hosts. First, Mrs. Cassie Bryant. How are you doing today, Cassie? I could not be less indifferent. Sorry, wow. I was nervous. I was going to say more indifferent. Oh, but you could not be less indifferent. You are as, as indifferent. I cannot be less. No, no. She's saying like she's very enthusiastic. Yeah, no, oh. I'm, I'm the double negative is throwing me off. <laughs> <laughs> I will not never... Have you? I'm not indifferent. I'm excited. Oh, good. Yeah. Excellent. And my wife is here. Hey, Chelsea. I'm also not indifferent. Oh, good. I'm I'm less just than indifferent means I'm, about I'm, you. I'm different. Just different. Yeah. <laughs> she's so different. She's indifferent. That's right. Yeah. Awesome. How are you? Oh, wow. Turning the tables. Yeah. No one ever asks how I'm doing on this wow. podcast. I think I, I normally, <laughs> that wasn't an accusation. What a victim. <laughs> Poor me. <laughs> Why didn't you guys ever ask me how I'm doing? No one uh, ever asked it's me. It's finally coming out. The end of season five is when we learned hey that guys, Adam is what about me? So besides victimized, how are you? I'm doing great, guys. I'm doing really great. Let me give you another, uh, man, a shout out to a listener who left us a really sweet little review here on Apple podcast. It's titled can't get enough. Talk about not indifferent. She says, this is my go-to podcast and I truly can't get enough. After each episode, I feel deeply encouraged, refreshed and pushed toward Jesus in a new way. Please don't stop doing what you're doing. How great is that guys? That's very kind. Very kind. Let's not stop doing what we're doing. She she talked me into it. Let's okay. Yeah, I was going to start. I was about to quit. And then I saw the <laughs> review and I was like, you know what? Let's keep going. Mm. Just like uh, 32 more seasons. That's what I got in me. Whoa. Right. Yeah. Oh, is that too many? That's 16 more years. No, every yeah. episode's a season now. Oh, that's right. <laughs> okay. Well, I can do 32 more of them. <laughs> All right. Well, tonight we are talking about indifference. Indifference. But when you think about the word indifference, when you think about that as a, I think that's be a vice. What comes to mind for you when you think about indifference, maybe particularly when it comes to spiritually leading your home, but certainly just as a term, a word. Cassie, what comes to mind for you? Indifference. I'm going to just say it because I think our listeners are thinking it. Oh. It's Taylor Swift's song. I forgot that you existed. Wait, are you saying you forgot I existed or that's the name of the song? No, that's the name of her song. Oh, I've never heard it. I mean, it's all about about how... Someone who did her wrong. I'm not going to name names. Okay. Someone who Jake, did her wrong, what, Which wrong, famous wrong. boyfriend was it? Not a boyfriend, actually. Oh. But someone who did her wrong and how it plagued her for a long time until she forgot that he existed. Wow. And essentially she's saying it's not love, it's not hate, it's indifference. Which, which, is, which is even worse? The, yeah, it is. Okay. Is yeah. it about Kanye? 
How did you know? Oh, I, I Whoa, figured, pop culture dad. Look at that. Pop culture dad. <laughs> yeah, new, <laughs> new podcast. Oh, is it about, about Kanye? Is it about my boy <laughs> Yee? <laughs> <Is it about laughs> <laughs> Uh, Chelsea, you probably already knew that, probably, huh? I don't know anything about Taylor Swift songs, <laughs> but, but you know I do, a lot about I do Kanye. know, yeah, I do know a lot about Kanye. <laughs> Together, we're unstoppable. <laughs> that's right. We we know some things. Oh, no, but I great. think what she's saying is that it's it's even worse than hate. Like, it's like you no longer take thing. up space in my mind. Mm. I just don't even care at all. Yeah. Wow. When I was going through steps at the village during the teaching one night, they said um, that the highest form of hatred is apathy. Oof. And the more I pondered it, the more I agreed. You agreed. Like some people would put love and hatred at the opposite ends of spectrum, but hatred would be still a strong feeling towards someone and a difference. But it's like is still like, something. Yeah. It's still attention you're, you're getting. Yes, That's exactly. Exactly. Like, can you think about if you were in like an argument with your spouse, like you, whatever you're arguing about is only worth arguing because you care about that person, right? Mm-hmm. Like, cause you want, totally. it's only worth it cause you care. But if you started just completely ignoring your spouse, I just got nauseous. Like, yes, can you imagine? Like, that no. is more hurtful than someone saying, "Like, I'm mad at you, or you you bothered me, or whatever." Yeah. But like, completely ignoring you, that yeah. would be unbelievably painful. Yeah. yeah. So I so I agreed with that when they said that. <laughs> when that guy said that thing, I thought that was good. Yeah, <laughs> it was good. Yeah, that's it, good. What do you think of Adam? When I think of, uh, no one ever asks me what I think about. We're on a roll. (laughs) This poor baby. We're on a roll. Uh, I am on the honor roll. So we, when it comes to indifference, what do I think about? I think about complacency. I think about apathy. I think about a lack of feeling towards something. I also think about when it comes to family discipleship, I think uh, when I think about indifference, there's a lot of families who don't think it's that important to spiritually lead their homes. They don't think it's that big a deal, or they think just being around. Uh, the example I often use is that if you would never be indifferent about your kid's education the way so many Christian parents are about their spiritual leadership. Mm. Like if you if your kid stopped going to school, you would be freaking out. You go, no, you need to go to school, and education is so important. If your kid stopped doing their homework and just said, you know what, I'm not going to do math homework anymore. Uh, you would say, no, you have to. If they were on a team and they said, but I'm just not going to go to practice, you would say, that's not an option. Mm. If you're on the team, you're going to practice. And when it comes to spiritual leadership, reading your Bible in your home, praying together, just leading any sense, so many parents are like, yeah, I I think they'll pick up enough just by being around me. Mm. But you would never say that about math. You would never say, hey, our kids will probably pick up enough math just by being in our home. Or our kids will probably pick up enough American history just by being around me. I wonder too if it comes from just thinking, well, they'll cross that bridge in college. They'll find their spirituality or they can find God as young adults like I did, especially not me, not Cassie, but like a lot of, you know, our parents in our church, they're, their testimony would be one where they were saved in college or in adulthood. Yeah. And so I kind of wonder if they, they either get frozen by like the expectations and the fear of like, I don't want to do it wrong. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather just let them have their own journey and Maybe, I'll have mine. I think there's also just a lot of religious apathy in our country. Oh, there's sure. kind of an yeah. assumed trying, gospel, yeah. like an American gospel that says, God's going to forgive me no matter what. Therefore, mm. I will do whatever I want. And just my life insurance for the afterlife is set. So I can kind of do whatever. Yeah. And so Mm. since I can apply that to myself, then I apply that cheap grace to my kids and my spiritual leadership and go, it doesn't really matter because God is so loving and so forgiving. And we've kind of trained our people in this absence of talking about evil and Mm. hell and eternal punishment 
that because we're so afraid of like motivating people out of fear to follow Jesus, that we also don't teach them about how God is just and mm-hmm. righteous to judge and how the way he calls it narrow and few who find it that Oof. leads to life. And so we have this kind of spiritual indifference that we believe the path is wide and, and you know, there's many ways. And um, I think that certainly applies to our our spiritual uh, leader. Did I just steal your Adam verse you were going to use at the end? Our I was going to talk a little bit about that, but... You know what? Uh, we're on the same page. We're leading our family. So that, that, that makes sense. Yeah, we're on Bible. the same page as the Bible right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's yeah. cool. Yeah, I I'm talked to a lot of parents about family discipleship, obviously. And I think there are a lot of women who've expressed to me a frustration because their husbands yeah, are indifferent that's true. towards the position of spiritual leadership in their home. Yeah. That's certainly not universally true about all men or about all marriages, but it's common. Though. I, it's very common and yeah. it is very frustrating to me. I am not indifferent about it. I so desire for us to be faithful to the commands of Scripture when it comes to leading our families. Mm -hmm. I certainly want to be that in our home, Mm -hmm. and it just breaks my heart to see. Like you said, Chelsea, it's to me, it's it's worse in some ways than hatred or love. Yeah, when you don't care enough about your kids or your Savior to say this is the most important thing here. Yeah, that drives me nuts. I said a couple weeks ago in a sermon we were talking about uh, family discipleship not the podcast, the concept. And we were talking about, uh, or I was talking about how if I stood up in front of the church and said, I read my Bible, everyone would go, well, yeah, you're a Christian. Of course you do. And if I said, I pray, you'd say, well, yeah, you're a Christian. Of course you do. If I said, well, I disciple my kids, you'd say, well, I bet you do. You're a pastor. And there's like a difference, Mm -hmm. like, oh, super Christians do that. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, this is the standard. Yeah, it's a, it's a normal. It's the ordinary stuff. That's what we talk about uh, here. Is the critically important, but it's mostly ordinary to lead your family spiritually. So when I think about indifference, mm-hmm. my long answer is I think about that, and I think about leading our family spiritually. Now, let's turn the corner to talking about where we struggle when it when apathy in your heart or in your home is difficult for you. Where does you see where do you see indifference kind of rearing its ugly head? Mm. I mean, I think that it's, I don't know how much it is indifference as it is that it's like misaligned. Like I'm, I care about the wrong things. Yeah. Which then might lead to indifference about the right things. Um, and so I think it's getting distracted by like culture or what the world cares about or what, you know, our neighbors care about and getting so caught up in that for my kids that then it's like, wow, we spent more time, like what you're saying, at sports practice this semester than we did you know, in the church or you, know, you kind of fill in the blanks. And so I think that that's where we can get caught up is giving that our little tanks of care, you know, or energy and attention to something. If it all goes towards something else and it, it ends up being inevitably empty for the things that are most important, yeah. if that makes sense. No, I'm with you. Yeah. And so it's just having to constantly realign, like, no, that's not the most important thing. And it's great. There are lots of good things that we totally. participate in, yeah. but they're not ultimate. And there's one ultimate thing yeah. that we that we should be focusing on. Yeah. What about you, Chelsea? What comes to mind when you think about struggles with indifference, apathy? Mm. I think I become indifferent when I am tired or overwhelmed. Mm. Um, like Cassie said, maybe just misprioritizing to where I've giving my best, my first to something else. And then when it comes to, you know, whether it's a conversation that needs to be had with with our children or just the normal efforts that we put into discipleship, 
although the Lord is so gracious to work in a lot of different circumstances, I feel like he's been very gracious to work through our time in in the word as a family, even when I am sort of indifferent. Mm -hmm. And I just see that we do not have an indifferent God. Yeah. And as a reflection, I don't want to be an indifferent mom, but there have been times where I have been and seen the Lord show up anyways. And I'm just so humbled. And I feel like that is just so tender and loving of him to say like, you thought this time would be a checkbox, you know, that you could just get through it and say you did it. And then look at how I showed up. I showed up, you came with no plan and I came with a plan. And I'm like, dang it, Lord, how you do that? (laughs) He's so faithful. He is. He's just, he's so tender, so ready to meet us where we are. So... He's just so kind to us. Yeah. Thanks mm-hmm. for sharing that, Chels. Yeah. Uh, when I think about a struggle for indifference in my own heart, I think about, you know, we talk about uh, being easygoing, letting things slide. And there's a sense in which that's an admirable trait to not be hyper rigid. But when we let things that matter slide, that's a problem. And I see that in my own heart, that there are things that should truly matter and I let it slide. And I go, well, We'll get that tomorrow. You know, Chelsea, I have a phrase written up in our exercise room in our house that Chelsea used to say to me all the time. Like, you can't do, you can't do, what is it, Chelsea? You can't do today's workout tomorrow. You can't. You can't do today's workout tomorrow. You can only do tomorrow's workout tomorrow. Yeah. So you can't stack them up and go, you know what? The the same is true for like sleep. You can't be like, well, I'll sleep twice as much tomorrow. And I think the same is true for our following of the Lord. Right. You You can't cram for holiness. Exactly. If you compare it to this, this is, uh, I think, a a helpful (laughs) illustration. I'm going home and working out tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Well, I think this is a helpful illustration. Sometimes in my head, I think if I exercised enough, it excuses poor eating later, right? I'll like count the calories against it as if we're like balancing a scale and go like, oh, I worked out this much, therefore it justifies ice cream, and which is an understandable relationship. But then we apply that spiritually and we go, well, I read so much of the Bible yesterday, or I went to church, or I had a retreat, or I had this extra Christian thing lately. Therefore, I will let something else that truly matters slide. Intimacy with the Lord, leadership in my own home. And I'll say, well, you know, that that's not a big deal. Or if you're a family that like is in the Word together maybe once a week and you go, well, we just... You know, we've had a busy week. And so we're going to let that slide. Mm. We wouldn't do that if we really thought it truly mattered. And I see it in my own heart and I do it all Mm -hmm. the time. Where whether it's an opportunity that I should have disciplined my sons and I go, you know what? I'm just going to let that slide. Instead of going, no, that was an opportunity to share Mm -hmm. the gospel with them and to address something that needed to be addressed. Which creates confusion. It, like yeah. inconsistency, sometimes it, it, it matters. Confuses our kids, like, why? Why does my mom care on Monday mm-hmm. about this, but not on Tuesday or Wednesday? Yep. And then they spend their energy trying to figure out what the pattern is, what the pattern what is, and when they can get away with something, right? And when they're going to get caught. It's like, why does she care at church but not at home, or yeah, you know, stuff yeah. like that. I also think we have a selective biblical worldview is a big problem in our mm. uh, parenting right now. We will care about biblical worldview when it comes to some things. Right now, Christian hot button issues will be things like sexuality, maybe science, things like that. But then there's other biblical worldview applicable things like finances. And we'll be like, well, that's not really, you know, God Mm. didn't really care that much about Mm. that. Or evangelism. And we go, the call to share the gospel urgently with all our neighbors. We go, well, you know, that's... That's not, we're not like a missionary family. Mm-hmm. Go, no, that literally, we all are called to be missionary families. And so I think there's a selective biblical worldview that will have our own hobby horse, our own like soapbox issues that we'll get on top of and say, this is really important. 
But there's other things that are really important that we will let slide. And I know I see that in my own heart as well. There are some battles that are hills I should die on, and instead I avoid them. And I'm honestly grieved over it. I'm going to ask you a question because I think this might feel overwhelming for me and for listeners. And But so do you think it's possible for us to care about all the things God cares about. Do I think it's possible to care about yeah. all the so things? So I think some I of us sometimes will excuse it like, well, that person has the gift of evangelism. Sure, yeah. And so that I'm not trying to excuse, you know, you know, we're all called to make disciples and and to share the gospel and the good news of Christ. But yeah. I think it can feel like, well, that's for that that's their that's their mantle yeah. and this is my mantle and we're going to move forward and and at the church at large is going to move the needle. Yeah. The way I would say it is there are specific calls that some people have, and then there are general calls that every Christian has. Great. And I think what I'm trying to say is there is a general call that every Christian has that we will treat like it's a selective call. Yes. Where we will say, oh, since I'm not that person. And I'll hear that as it applies to family discipleship. Well, Adam is a pastor, then of course he's reading the Bible with his family. I can't do that. I I don't know the Bible that well. Mm -hmm. As if not knowing the Bible that well is an excuse of not reading it with them. How do you think you're going to get to know the Bible better? Yeah. You're going to read it with your kids. That's You're going to read it together. But yeah, I, I'm not trying to put a, I'm not trying to stack a burden on people that they cannot bear any right. more than I bear it in a yeah. way that I can't bear. I didn't think you were. I was just curious. No, yeah. I'm with you. I think that's important to, because, you know, one of the theme verses we talked about this semester, and I think going forward for our podcast comes from Deuteronomy 30, right? Where Moses, mm-hmm. at the end of a very long speech that includes Deuteronomy 6, where he says, you're going to impress these things on your children, whether you're walking along the way or laying down or in the morning or in evening, like all the time, he says at the end of that very long speech, you guys remember what he says? He says, you can you do can it. You can do it. He says, you can do it. He says, what I'm telling you today, verse 11, I think, of Deuteronomy 30, this is not too hard for you. It's not too far from you. Someone doesn't have to go up to heaven and bring it down to you. No one had to cross the sea and bring it back to you. It's right there in your heart and in mm-hmm. your mouth so that you can do it. That's my synopsis. I don't have it in front of me, but that's, that's what good. Moses would say. And I think that's that sometimes we lose that in the sense of we're trying not to implies some kind of works righteousness where mm. like, hey, you can earn it. Nobody's saying you can earn yeah. it, but your efforts are worthwhile. Yeah. And so let's chase it, including things like not being indifferent towards the things of God or towards a biblical worldview. Hey friends, it's March and that means Easter is right around the corner. In fact, Easter is in March this year. It's part of the reason I'm pumped to tell you about one of our sponsors who's got a really special Easter deal. This is a great time to get some new resources to disciple your family. Our friends over at Lithos Kids are having an Easter basket sale. They've got the brand new Little Pilgrim's Big Journey complete box set. It's now available. Guys, I can't tell you how much I love this resource. If you don't have it, you need to go check it out. Kids and parents have loved reading about Bunyan's beloved tale of Christian and his adventure to follow the king's path to Celestial City. And now you can get all three books in one box set along with a map and it comes with a coloring book and the whole thing is just 60 bucks. You can use the code FAMILY10 to get 10% off your entire order at Lithos Kids right now. So what a great discipleship opportunity. To find all this, go to lithoskids.com, see all the items in their Easter promo, including their new release, The Parables of Jesus, and the Kingdom of God Bible Storybook. Guys, we love Lithos Kids. You're going to love them too. Go check it out today, lithoskids.com, and remember the promo, Family 10, to get 10% off your entire order. 
Sometimes hard things happen. Sometimes they happen to children. When God Makes Scribbles Beautiful is a beautifully illustrated book that helps kids trust that God can take their hard things and use them for good. This picture book imagines that the hard things in a child's life is a scribble following him everywhere. Readers will journey through God's promises from the Bible, inspiring hope and faith in God's good and redemptive plan. Hard things don't always go away, but God can turn them into something beautiful. Available at BeautifulScribbles.com. Download a free parent connection guide and printable scripture cards. Where do you feel like you guys care rightly in your home? Like if indifference is the struggle, where is it a strength? Where do you guys care about the right things and you're trying to promote and pursue the right things in your home? Um, I mean, we care a lot about the church. And I mean, I know that feels like, well, duh, you work at the church. Um, (laughs) But it's definitely, it's something that we've communicated as a priority for our family. It's like, we're going to gather. And, you know, I will joke that God kept me in ministry to keep me tethered to his people, because I think that otherwise I might be out in the world, be bopping around and just not going as frequently as we should. But that's, you know, 19 years into ministry, there's something you're formed by the gathering every Sunday. That's right. Right. And God is kind enough to have me be tethered to it quite literally, you know, through my vocational calling. But I, I think that that's true for our, our most faithful members who are coming regularly and who prioritize the gathering of the believers. They would say that it is you're formed by it. And I just think it's really important to be part of a church. Amen. Yeah. I think about it all the time, but what Ray Orland shared with us on in his yes. conversation, where we're just talking about generic leading your family, and he's like, "Well, get your kids to church, yeah. be there with them. It's not that complicated. Yeah, be there, be part of the church, be involved, lead." At Chelsea's really good at calling people like, "Where are you? Where are you serving yeah. at the local church?" And if you're not, and then you're wondering why you don't feel connected, loved, cared about, it's like, "Well, this is this is what the Lord's called me to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be a part of the local body of believers." Yeah. Chelsea, what comes I mean, to mind for you? I was just thinking about a lot of the brokenness in the world when we think about poverty or homelessness, a lot of different things like that. If everybody was connected to a church where mm-hmm. everybody was sharing what they had, a lot of those, a lot of that brokenness mm. would be solved that way. And, you know, we live in the city and when I'm approached by people, um, whether I give them something or not, I always talk to them about the church yeah. and I always tell them about my church and, and I give them the address and everything, but I tell them about my church and I say, at my church, we're brothers and sisters. No one at my church is going hungry tonight because we wouldn't let that happen. We pool our income together and we make our needs known and we share them. So no one at our church is sleeping outside mm-hmm. tonight. No one is going hungry tonight. So come and be known, come and be a part. And I, and I use those opportunities to point out to our children, like if we needed things, where would we go? And they can name so many people. And I say, yeah, we were, that's what we were designed for. Everyone was designed for that, to be plugged in and be part of the body of Christ. And then some of these things that look so broken and so tragic, they would be wiped out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what I was going to say about the church. But yeah, I think our family cares a lot about the church too. We care about the needs in the church and our boys get to see that. And a lot of that just flows really naturally. And I don't think that's just because Adam's the pastor. Um, I think that's so true for a lot of the families at our church that are really plugged in. They just become aware. If you're walking closely with people, then you know that somebody is always hurting. Someone Mm -hmm. is always needing something and, and someone's always rejoicing. And so there's a lot of that just plays out really naturally to go, of course, let's all rejoice with someone who had a baby and let's all grieve with someone who, who's who's lost somebody. And 
our kids have a high exposure to that. And I think it's, yeah, been an important part of their discipleship. But yeah, our kids don't, they would, they would be really shocked if, if I ever said like, let's just not go to church. While I understand we have the freedom to do that, we don't go because we have to. Mm -hmm. That is part of our rhythm. Like you said, that we're going to go be formed by being a part of the gathering. We're going to worship. We're going to take communion. And um, that's a really important part of our life. That's good. I think one of the other things our family cares a lot about is honoring the Lord with what we what we read, what we watch on TV, what we think about. I think that'd be obvious if anybody came to our house and was not familiar with mm-hmm. having kids cover their eyes, leave the room, or not watch certain movies or TV shows. Like our, We care about those things. I was thinking about it today. Our oldest son was asking me about a, a movie I had seen recently, and he asked me if I liked it. And I said, no, I didn't really like it. And he said, this is his words, he said, did you not like it because the like the story of the movie or because it didn't honor the Lord? And I was like, man, that's language we've used in our house enough now that it's common mm. that he knows that if Praise something God. doesn't honor the Lord, I do not enjoy it. And I think that's because we have that in great, and it's because we do care about that, is I want if the books I read, the mm-hmm. TV shows we watch, even the the commercials that are on TV or the YouTube videos or whatever we might do together as a family. I want it to honor the Lord and we care about those things. We're not indifferent towards media, I mm. guess is what you would say. Yeah, that's so we're not true. like, yeah, put that song on. It doesn't matter to have cusses in it or hey, let's watch that movie. It doesn't matter that, yeah. you know, the the plot of it doesn't honor the Lord. No, we're going, no, if it doesn't honor the Lord, we're not going to, we're not going to do it. We're not going to read it. Yeah. And we don't care that our kids are going to be left out, feel different. They already experience that to some yeah. degree. And totally. Uh, we really want them to get used to the feeling of being set apart, um, even if it what, it what it mostly feels like is exclusion. We we want them to get used to that. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the scripture. What is uh, what does the Bible have to say about indifference or about the lack or maybe the opposite thereof? Cassie, what comes to mind for you from the Word of God? Eric and I were talking about this at dinner tonight, and he reminded me of Zephaniah, which I have not read. I'll be honest, I haven't read it since January when I read through the Bible. I don't know how often I'll read Zephaniah. Not bad. Okay, great. (laughs) Uh, But he was in a study in it, and there's a verse that talks about what happens when the Lord finds that Israel's been complacent with his commands and what he's called them to do and how seriously God takes what he's asked us to do. And complacency towards that will be punished and disciplined. And uh, I know that feels maybe like a Debbie Downer (laughs) to bring up in a podcast, but... No, the Lord disciplines those he loves. Uh, he does. He loves us. And so he's good to show us where we've been complacent. Because he's not indifferent towards us. He doesn't not. go like, oh, I don't care that you guys Praise are God he's He goes, not. no, I care. It should be different. Yes. Yeah. And um, and so I did, I felt a little fired up when I thought about the complacency that we, as the big C church can have towards children and teaching children the, mm. things, of, um, the things of God and really just want, everyone listening to have that fire re- like reignited and lit for what God has called us to do with the next generation, that we would not forget who he is, what he's done, and that they would continue on in passing that down. So, Amen. That's Amen. good. How about you, Chelsea? Well, what comes you already know. I was going to talk about the, the wide path that leads to destruction. <laughs> Never heard of that. Uh, let me tell you about it. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Jesus said that, that there's a wide path that leads to destruction. What, where that makes me think of indifference is that it is mm. super easy to have. It's super easy to have a bad marriage, right? Just do nothing. If you're indifferent mm. towards it, eventually you'll have an awful marriage. If you put no intentionality, no thought, no care, you're just on a wide path. But be careful 
it's easy to stay on a wide path, right? Yeah. It's not a tightrope. It's a wide path. You won't yeah. fall off it. It's super easy. The unfortunate part is that it leads to destruction, right? And so it mm. is It is easy to have a fun family or cool kids. It's easy. It's just really, really easy to do nothing. But the problem with it is that it leads to destruction. Yeah. And so we want to be on that narrow path that leads that leads to life. Yeah, we're not just floating along with the current of the world. We want to fight it in yeah. many ways, right? Like the world will disciple our kids yeah. if we don't. So That's right. Like someone's doing it. Someone, right? like, someone but, cares enough to do yeah, it. But yeah, all you have to do is do nothing for your child to That's be right. discipled by their peers, yep. by their media that they consume. You just do nothing and it'll, it'll take care of itself. Yeah, I had a friend who doesn't mm. follow the Lord who confronted me about discipling our kids and said, you really need to give your kids an opportunity to learn for themselves, choose for themselves what they believe is true. And I said, the only problem with that is that yeah. I will be the only one in their life not telling them what's true if right. I decide to take that position. Yeah. Right. The world is constantly telling them what's true. A right. teacher's telling them what's true. A yes. book is telling them what's true. TV's telling them what's true. Songs are telling them what's true. Taylor Swift is telling them what's true. Everybody is telling them what's true. So if I take the bench seat and say, I'll just let them decide for themselves, I will be the only one indifferent. Yeah. Everyone else cares about what my kids think. The problem is like uh, the current of the world is not dragging yeah. them towards the father. It's dragging them away. And so I don't want to be indifferent. The The narrative that comes to mind for me from scripture is um, Eli in the book of Samuel. You guys remember mm, Eli was- sons. The, Yeah, he had worthless sons. <laughs> and he wasn't, they weren't worthless because they didn't know Such a bummer way to be in the Bible. <laughs> he, you know, he was, he was punished over it. And Samuel was kind of given a dream that said like, hey, Eli, mm-hmm. this is not going to go well for you. Remember, Samuel was like hesitant to tell Eli about it because it was not going to be good. And these sons were so worthless and Eli had not parented them, had mm-hmm. just been indifferent towards their mischief, even though they were leading the religious rituals yeah. and they were doing it in ways that served them and robbed from the people. He didn't intervene. He yeah. didn't. He didn't try to stop it. And at least from the stories we have, Eli was this overweight, lazy-seeming guy who just let his kids get away with things. And he was indifferent towards their discipline. Yeah, and God held him accountable for it. Exactly. And we don't know if he did that because he thought, you know, because he didn't want to or if he wanted to impress his sons or he wanted his sons to love Mm -hmm. him. We don't know. But we do know that in that indifference, the Lord was not indifferent. The Lord cares. And I think you see that, Cassie, you brought that up. You see that throughout the scripture. The Lord is not indifferent towards his people. He is not indifferent towards sin. He doesn't look at things and go, he doesn't wink at sin and go, oh, that wasn't a bad one. Mm -hmm. That's not a big one. You don't worry about that. No, what do we see Jesus say? He says, some of you guys think you aren't murderers. Let me tell you, if you've been angry at your brother, you broke that commandment. Some of y'all think you're not adulterers. Mm. Let me tell you, if you've had lustful thoughts in your heart, about somebody, in your mind about somebody, you've broken this commandment. He's not indifferent saying, hey, you guys are taking this too seriously. (laughs) He levels up. Yeah. He's going, I'm serious. Pluck out your eye, cut off your hand. Sin is so serious, guys, and it leads to a very real separation from God for eternity. He is not indifferent about his gospel or his people, and he's not indifferent about you, your role to disciple your family. Like, this is a command of God. And through Moses, he said, you can do this. This is not too hard for you. Yeah. Well, let's talk about, just real quick, somebody land the plane for us. If somebody's asking you, I feel apathetic towards the things of God, where would you encourage them to say, like, this is where I want your heart to grow, and this is how you're going to pursue it? I mean, depending on what it is, I would go to the Bible and see where what does God have to say about the thing you're apathetic towards. So the fact that you've even acknowledged it means he's at work Yeah, because he's given you self-awareness and shown you 
hey, there's this thing here that I care about that I want you to care about and you don't. So praise God that you're, you know, even willing to acknowledge it. And then see what does God have to say about this? You know, if it's your marriage, if it's parenting, if it's the church and being involved in a church, then I would go to scriptures and then ask God to light your fire. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. to change, to reprioritize your life, to to show not only your the world and your neighbors, but like your family and your kids. So like, this is what I care about. This is what God cares about. Yeah, I'd say take one step. Mm. Take one step of faith Yeah, in obedience and whatever that means for you, which means maybe you think your family will look at you funny if you say, everybody, tomorrow we're going to church. We're getting up, we're getting ready. I know normally we go to brunch and then we watch football. Tomorrow we're going to church. If that would be weird in your family, like risk it. Take a leap of faith, one step, whatever that is. If there's somebody that you think you should have been sharing the gospel with, if you want to lead your family in prayer before a meal and you haven't before, let's go ahead. Let's do it. Just take a a leap of faith, one step. I challenged our church a couple weeks ago just saying it is not that hard, and you'd be surprised at how people respond if you invite someone to read the Bible with you. It might sound awkward to Mm -hmm. you. I got a text from one of the men in our congregation this week, and he said, I just started asking people at work, Hey, would you want to read the Bible with me? And he said, I've just been amazed at the way God is using it. Mm. And I just love that. Just yeah. to say, like you said, Chelsea, taking that step of faith. And if that's in your own home, and if it starts with repentance saying, hey, I'm sorry, we weren't doing this already, but we should have been doing it, then let's start there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but where you find indifference in your own heart towards the things that God cares about, that should be something we repent of. Yeah. And that should be the first step, is saying, God, I've not cared about what you care about, and I'm sorry for that forgive me. I want to change and go the other direction. And then committing your life to following Jesus and the things that he cares about. Let's care. Let's show compassion. Let's care about the vulnerable. Let's pursue Jesus with everything we got. Let's be faithful. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for listening, friends. If you think it's as important as we do to disciple our families, please help us out by giving us a great review wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit one of our sponsors and share this episode with one of your friends. If you want to keep up with us or join the conversation, you can follow the Family Discipleship Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. We love you listeners, and we will talk to you again next week.